0: Welcome to Wither Team, a Black Magical Podcast for Black Magical Stories.
1: Hi, everyone! It's Bayana, Robin, and Portia, embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers by BB Austin, and today we're discussing Chapter Twenty Two. So, what did we cover last episode? For one.
2: Amari's had it. She's over it. She's tired. She's through. Sick of forking her. She's done. Um, She's been hate crimed, yelled out of there. She's just like, I, I got to go home. I got to get pulled together. And thankfully, her bestie Elsie um, has the car ready for her to hop in and take her straight back home. So where she can just decompress for a minute and be away from these hate filled people. But while Amari is initially apprehensive about Elsie seeing her house because she doesn't want Elsie to judge her um, wrongly and her and Elsie therefore have issues in a relationship. She's pleasantly surprised by Elsie's response to seeing where Amari lives and also Quentin, her idol. Um, But also... Um, calls Amari her bestie for the first time. And it's a very cute and special moment up until Maxwell decides to let her, them both know that um, Elsie's guardian does not see it for her being in Amari's neighborhood. Was that necessary for him to share? No. But did he do it? Yes. And that's why I currently have a vendetta against Maxwell. <laughs> um, meanwhile... This whole time, this is probably happening. This whole conversation in Amari's house, who's probably sneaking in with their overeager ears using tech magic? Not one, but only Magic Magician Girl 18, AKA Dylan, who mm-hmm. decides to like suddenly start talking using Amari's TV screen in her living room. We don't know how long he was there, we don't know all that he heard. I assume it was everything. Um, this is why they like to borrow and- their
0: kids' screen time. I'm
2: telling you,
0: that's why you <laughs> might have a magician in your TV.
2: I just need, like, what? Do, like the violation, <laughs> like just the the level of violation to just be somewhere uninvited. Someone has not answered any of your calls or texts or messages that you sent them since they have left their um the scene of a crime, and as soon as, um. Like Amari can have a moment to herself, she can't have that moment. That moment is stolen by the invader named Dylan. Um, so, as few would have, you heard last episode, then you know how great a disparagement of social protocol and etiquette that is, um, and the lack of decorum alone exceeds what is allowable for Dylan being uh, considered a friend in this moment for Amari. Um, he even goes even further. Like already in violation mode, just like takes it up, you know, you know, just goes even further. Why? Because he can. Um, by trying to tell Amari that, like, oh, I see that you mastered, and mastery is put like what mastery is. This Amari finally came through, and got was successfully able to complete a magical spell, uh, called Solis where she or Solace where she could, uh, bring in blinding sunlight. on her own however instead of being like oh let's page through a couple more spells Amari or let's see how long you can sustain this light Amari Dylan instead says let's flip all the way to the end of this fair magic section and let's go straight into the foul magic um and the first spell we're going to encounter here is how to lurk in people's fears and miseries and make them miserable. Let's do... That's, that's what we're going to do today. Amari immediately refuses because who? that's our girl. We all know what she's made of. We all know what she's willing and willing not to do. And when Dylan tries to sell it to her as like learning defense, she's like, no, no, no. I don't play defense that way. I'm a fair magic person, not a foul magic person. And you're reading me completely wrong. Um, Dylan tries to make it up for her, to her by taking her to his secret lair um, in the spare Van Helsing lake house. I'm guessing there are multiple. Um, and he shows Amari his magical world. He just has an Aladdin moment, you know, instead of a magic carpet ride, mm-hmm. it's a transport, a teleportation to the lake house basement. Um, and instead of any like regular 12 year old guys basement, he has a painted woodland forest with lurking magical creatures and sights and smells that feel like you're actually in the forest. And then he just tells Amari how special she is and um, even credits the special flower that Amari makes, the Amari blossom, because he's that caring of a person and not at all scary or someone you should <clears throat> be concerned about interacting directly with you after what? violating both for space peace and your will
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so into <laughs> travel, please. I feel like we know clearly how Portia feels about Dylan in that recap I think we got a good sense yeah no alright Let's get into it. <laughs>
1: um, so Amari transports back home and hears voices in the living room. Um, so they she finds a detective um talking to her mom. Um her mom sits on the opposite side of the room with her head down. Um Amari pushes Dylan away, is like, you gotta go. Um, and Dylan is like okay, but asks if he's going to have a partner on Monday. Um which Amari is still not really convinced to return um to the bureau yet. But is like, but you gotta get out now because we gotta type him in here and my mama don't know you're here is you can't do this. Um so Dylan leaves. Um Amari closes her eyes, leans her head against the wall. Um but then she has like she's trying to figure out like why is her mom home so early? Why did like did the police call her? Did they find something? Um she decides to eavesdrop instead of just
2: going inside,
1: which, you know. As you do. I mean,
2: to be fair, if Amari's mama knew she was home, she wouldn't be able to get the info that she wants to have right now.
1: I mean, not with the I feel like she would with the detective is there to I don't think the conversation would stop. But maybe. I don't know. I think he would
0: hopefully be a little bit more It's um, also what do you call it? Uh Tactful.
1: Careful with the words.
0: Yeah. yeah, A less accusatory, maybe.
1: Yeah. Um, so, the detective says, I know it's not what you wanted to hear, but please don't think we're giving up on Quentin. We're simply out of leads at this point. Our detectives have to move on to new cases. Um, rest assured, if anything new comes in, we'll be right back on your son's case. So, basically, they're giving up at this point, and they're just coming to tell her it's that okay. they are no longer going to be looking into, yeah, into Quentin's disappearance um mama nods and says i understand um she looks so small bunched up on the couch like that so defeated um amari hates it the detective leans back and then decides to give his two cents to be like you know i've been i've worked down here for 20 years i've seen it before um the son gets tired of seeing his mother struggle decides to do something about it starts to participate in activities that ain't exactly on the up and up he don't want his mom to be disappointed in him, so he keeps it under wraps, claims he got a job. You see where I'm going with this? Um and so basically like insinuating that Quentin was in a gang or up to some other um,
2: nefarious and criminal yeah, activities.
1: In, yeah. Um and mom is like, I do, but I told you Quentin was working. Um, and he's, like, ever been to his to this job, seen a paycheck, or even a checks, uh, check stub. Um, at this point, like, so basically he's, like, making Mama Peter's kind of question, um, what she had been told by Quentin. Um, Amari at that point is over it. She stomps into the room and says, leave her alone. Um, obviously Mom's is surprised that Amari's even there in the first place, because, she for all she knew, she was still at the bureau. Um so Amari looks at the detective and is like, She already answered your questions so just go. Um and the detective says, I know the same easy, especially coming from somebody like me. Amari's like, I don't care. You can't come in here and say stuff like that when you don't know. You can't assume what my brother is like just because of where we're from. Quentin is a good person, the best person, and I'm going to let you and I'm not going to let you just say what you want about him. Um uh, yeah, I just at this point, she's she's uh, she's just fed up, which makes sense. Like, like, all mm-hmm. these people have been doubting her, pushing at her, and I think that this is like maybe the one moment she can really like, she has like an outlet, you know what I mean, for her anger. Um, and it's like justified, and it's in defending, <laughs> it's justified, and it's in defending someone else, it's not about defending herself, too. Because the main reason she each like the detective was definitely push it. Like she could, he could have just said, like she said, like you, you said what you need to say, you can go, right? It doesn't have to be, oh, let's push and say more bad things about
0: Quentin to make moms feel like she needs to give up. On I think, um, and this is like difficult, but I do think that the detective thinks that he's doing a like a mercy because he mm-hmm. believes that he like in, taking away mama Peter's hope that she could start to like move towards closure like get you know you may not have a like we may not have a body we may not have like answers but like you need to start to like grieve your son he's not coming back you know and I think what people talk about you know you know me I love me some procedurals and and crime dramas like it's I don't do true crime because that's too close, but like they do talk about like the not knowing is like one of the harder things to get over because you feel guilty if you start to grieve, right? Like you you feel like it feels like you're then giving up on them, but then you also feel stuck because um, you run out mm-hmm. of leaves, you run out of kind of whatever. And so I do think that like Amari feels much more and you'll we see this like the way that mom like, Renee Peters, Mama Peters, like, reacts afterwards. You feel, Amari feels much more confident because she knows more than he, than Mama Peters does or even the detective. Like, she knows that Quentin's alive and that Quentin is being held. You know what I mean? So she does have something to go on. She doesn't know where he is or, like, the um, level of danger, but she knows that, like, someone is trying to, like, negotiate an exchange. So obviously he's alive to some mm-hmm. extent and whatever. Um and so it feels a little bit like the detective very much leaning on stereotypes and leaning on and I and I we I mean this is also why like police ain't they don't solve crime. They just do pa- they push paperwork. Um but Is trying to, kind of one, justify the fact that they're not going to spend any more time or resources looking for him, but two, um, not be creative and like tracking. I mean, I, I would love to see the story in which like a really like scrappy detective who is who is hell bent on finding Quentin stumbles upon the bureau. 'Cause he was doing his job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah. So I don't know. I just think that it's like this sucks. He's wrong, but
3: could believe that he's do he's doing it for
0: good reasons.
2: Yeah. What this read up for me um ties off of the last chapter of um the wear of it all being a component, like the neighborhood that Amari and Clinton are from, um, and how many misgivings Amari has about people who are from outside this community coming into it, and like um, whether there are people, whether there are people that she um, really hopes will t- take away good things from like being part of seeing her community, t- like Elsie. Or people that like this detective that like tends to, like she knows already has an idea of what he believes coming from this community, given how he layers um, what I expect, what we've seen before, um, and similar cases into this. The wear of it all, and the like. Um, there's like a placement of like responsibility of the wear of this neighborhood on the people and what happens to the people within the neighborhood, without it actually being interrogated, like why that is so false and why it's so wrong. And that's why it really stuck me in my crawl whenever uh Dylan at a girl, Amari, for being able to overcome where she's from and like all that. Like it really did stick with me because here she is and she's like, my brother is just like is what my brother is like just because of where we're from. Like he's being judged because of where we're from. And um, it's the thing about like keeping her in this like place, like it's like in spite of what she's overcoming to like be part of these, like her, what both her and Quentin are doing to overcome where they're from. It's part of this like, w- like white normative narrative of like if you lived in the burbs, Oh whatever, then we would expect more for you, and you're only doing your best because you're from a bad neighborhood, and how we feel so sad. But a normative area that we understand, like that, wouldn't be so bad. But they would still like uh, Robin talked about this in the past about like for for you and um how people when you I believe it was in Anaheim while people misjudged you because you were black and they wanted to say that like oh like you were doing good because of like your background and it's like but what is my background like are you serious like why are you trying to like use your understanding your like perception of what my background is to tell a story of of me and that's what they're doing with Amari saying that like and or in Quentin in spite of where you're from Like, you're doing your best because of where you're from. And I think that there's a level of, like, discrimination that keeps happening there. And for me, to see Amari push back against that, I think it's uh, also attuned not only to her sticking up for someone other than herself... Um, but that people other than herself, or it's not just Quentin, it's her community, it's uh, those people where she's from. Um, and she's tired of having this feeling of should be ashamed of where she's from when she really shouldn't. And the people who are making her feel ashamed or trying to make her feel ashamed about where she's from are the people from Jefferson Academy, are the Laras, are uh, Elsie's Guardian and stuff like that. So it's it's very like validating that that's the thing that community is the thing that pushes amari over the edge like sticking up for community but at the same time it can be it's like super frustrating to see that she's like thrusting herself back into danger because she wants to like hold down all the things that she wants to represent in a way that is true to like these people's lives and her life um rather than letting like this like white Nora of lens tell her what she should be doing or how things should be um and telling again telling the story for her
3: Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lack of
0: doing the work i'm just trying i was about to say like creativity but like it's also creativity right it's like the systems and the and these like police and everything they've told told themselves and that's not to say that it's not based in something right they've seen this story before you know what i mean is what they say i've seen this before we've seen this before i see it all the time and it's like yeah you might see that that might be a story that is one possibility but it's not the only one and if you did your job and followed leads and you know what i mean i'm like yes Quinn is a part of a secretive underground <laughs> network of things. So, and, then, and to be fair, know, the detective couldn't right, yeah. have his memory wiped. Right. But he might have He, he to right. investigate and they might have his memory.
1: And also, it's also a cold, like it is a cold, a cold case. It's a cold case. It's a cold case like, in the really supernatural world
0: too. But it's like, I think the, the thing is, is just it. Well, it's not a cold case in the supernatural world. They know where he is. They just can't do nothing yeah. about it. Um, Or know who hasn't. They know who hasn't. But like, I think what I'm saying is like the what I in in the cop trying to like do a mercy or whatever, it what would have actually been truer, um and more impactful not I don't know if impactful is the right word, but whatever. What it what it would have been truer is we have run out of leads and we can no longer justify like this level of resources and like it sucks and I'm sorry. And if we like you said, like if I find anything else, like but he should have just left it there because <laughs> you know
1: Yeah. You didn't have because that, that's not actually comforting. To, yeah. To go
2: further than that, I mean, I think he's like, I'm not worth being... the, I'm not worth the resource. Like, Quentin is not worth the resource. That's telling a story about who's worthy and who's not worth. The no, resource. I, I, I don't
0: think it's that. Like, I think that you can kind of understand. Like, there's a, you know, even with like people that you love that are in in the hospital or stuff like that. There's like, or, you know, I had to do this with, um, Luna. I'm gonna cry, but like. When she got hurt, there is like a moment where you have to say, like, if. If the fix or whatever is like this much, then it's not. And like the reward, right, like with Luna, it was like, this is all that she has to do. Like, this is how much the surgery is going to cost. This is how long and how much like rehab is going to be. And if there's a but possi- and, and, uh, there is like a tipping point where they're like, if she's able to do X after surgery. Um, then there's a good, a better prognosis. But if she's not able to X, which is like go to the bathroom on her own, like her quality of life is only going to be so much. And it's really awful, but like people do have to make those, you know, the the return on like the investment that we're putting into this is not.
2: I mean, I don't think that you can have that conversation without talking about the inherent life. No, yeah like the isms behind that right because like if you're talking about a human being that would be ableist to be like oh well her quality of like talking about someone's quality of life and like being not
0: worth their like living but,
3: hu- on, like, I, but the... humans
0: do that i mean it hopefully the, the 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 difference is is that the human has the most agency and just dis- like is, you know decides makes that decision, makes that for, decision themselves. for themselves <laughs> that's the difference right but like in all of these things, like, you do have to... I mean, that's the thing with, like, even with the Bureau, they're making the the assumption, like, you know, do you negotiate with terrorists, basically? Is saving two lives worth the potential of, you know, unleashing whatever on the rest of the supernatural world? So I think that part to me is, like, it stinks, but it, it, it makes a little bit... I understand the... I understand the thought process behind it. The problem comes when in trying to comfort someone, you push forward a narrative that is not true, um, or that you don't know and is true. You can't know. True. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, in and, and trying to say, like, he—I see it all the time. He got caught up in something. It, it pushes that responsibility or the like. Like Quentin did something, and the yeah, victim. the vic- the, victim the victim is victim. At, in some way at fault for his. Um, victimhood, basically.
3: Mm-hmm. And that's page one. <laughs> um, so
1: uh, so the, yeah, the detective leaves. He's like, wasn't my intention to start trouble. Amari um, slams the door shut behind him. Uh, Mama covers her face crying. Amari goes over and takes a seat beside her and says, I meant what I said. You should hear the kinds of things they say about Quentin. Um, but Mama just shakes her head and says what Clinton did in that leadership camp doesn't matter. But and so Amari at this point is like considering whether to tell her mom the truth and how. I um, tell
3: her. This is like- But
1: she's like she's like she there's she's kinda like how one, how do I tell her without it sounding like I'm making it up? And then two, if I like the main, the easiest way to do it would be to show her a spell, but then she'd freak out. And then on top of that, like, how would the Bureau react if they find out that I showed them my magic? You know what I mean? Um, like, would we would we then both get in trouble, of what would happen there? Um, so she's just feeling like she has to do something. Mama reprimands her for blowing up a detective like that, saying that he was just trying to help. Um, and Amari's like, but he was wrong about Quentin. You know that. I don't know that, says Mama, her voice harsh. I have no idea what Quentin was doing. For all we know, he got caught up in some mess as so many other, as so many of the young men around, from around here. Um, and so Mari, at that point is, like, in shock because at this point it's kind of been the two of them together in like, not believing what all these other people are saying about what, like, what happened to him. Um, but Mama gets up and she goes to her bedroom. Amari realizes she's crying, but because she's mad um, at whoever's keeping Quentin away from them, at herself for her becoming so scared that she considered giving up on her brother. Um, she says, I've got to be stronger than I've been. No matter how bad those other kids make me feel, nothing's worse than seeing Mama hurt like this. I've got to bring Quentin home, if only to prove to Mama that her son is everything she always thought to be and more." Um...
0: So we back in we're it. Back in.
3: She's like,
0: we're not this is what we're not about to do. And this room, re- I'm I just like I feel like our tagline should be like when I don't know what chapter it was, but like Byatta was like, Amari fights. Like I just every time I like, you know, yeah. I just feel like Amari a fighter, you know? I but I do yes. I understand like all of the like questions and reasons that Amari has and like concerns that she has about telling her mom the truth. But I do wish she would have been like I'm telling her the truth. And then the question is like, how do I do it? How do I get her to believe me? And how do I get her, get her, um, how do I do it where the bureau doesn't know or, you know, wipe our memories or whatever, you know? I wish that she would have just been like, with conviction, like, I need to share this with my mom. Tell tell her. her. Because- Yeah. It is, like, at a certain point, and I don't mean, like, I don't think that Mama Peters actually believes it. But I think at a certain point, it's just easier to at least have a story that gives you some sort of closure. You know? Yeah. Even if it feels, like, just wrong in your gut or whatever. But it's, like, if I can convince myself to believe this, I can then have that, like... I can start to grieve. I can have that that chapter close, and then like do something else because I think you know they t- like Amari says, and the or Mama Peter says, like Amari in the beginning of this book is stuck, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I and I don't think that we think about the fact that she's stuck as well. And so, yeah, I I wish that this was the moment in which, and also it's just like it's nice to not you know like it was, it was Amari and her mom against the world, basically, in in their belief in Quentin, in their, like, pursuit of figuring out what's happening, and, like, um, now this is another way in which Amari is isolated, and, like, isolated from her mom, um, it's just, like,
3: awful. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I also do. I i guess I get like not wanting to risk it because at this point she's coming back to the idea that like she is gonna find him try to find Quentin. So I do also get like not wanting to risk like not knowing what the bureau is gonna do or like how they would find out or whether they find out or when or whatever. Um,
2: or even how her mom would react like her mom might forbid her to going back to the bureau because like she already lost one baby to the bureau. What's she gonna right. do if the other one gets lost?
1: Yeah. So it's 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 tricky, but I like yeah, it's tricky.
2: As you know, BNC is a collective of nerds. While we can only make so much content in a year, we still have so many shows, books,
1: games, and other media we want to discuss. That's where our fandom functions come in. Once a month, members of the collective come together to discuss a fun, nerdy topic with our BNC
0: bodies. Want to hang out with us and talk about topics spanning from Star Trek to anime? Support us on Patreon at any tier by going to patreon.com blacknerdscreate and you can get access to our fandom functions.
1: So after eating a Hot Pocket, Amari irons her mom's work uniform um, and hangs it on her doorknob. Um, she seems to be asleep. Uh, and so Amari just kind of, you know, taking care of her in the way that she... I
0: want a, I want yeah. a mini bench, Mama um, Peters. It's not a real bench. She's not going to be bench for the chapter, but I want like a bench for this. Can we stop buying this child Hot Pocket? Just, there's got to be something else. What?
2: I don't know. I just feel like it's like a Costco know, level
0: gotta size be like in the there. My mama buys these things at Costco. They're like these like noodle bowls and you put, I mean it's gross. We've decided that you can you have to put like broth in it, but like you put water in it, cup of noodles or whatever. And the salt content is not that high. I just I understand it. I really do. But there is just a level of like nutritional and physical violence that comes with a hot pocket have you ever eaten a hot pocket it, it goes just, two ways you I, burn you the crap out of
3: yourself or it's frozen yeah. on the inside
2: i just think that like i get i hear you however this is like it sounds like a comfort food of source as well for amari it's like something she knows can we get her some uncrustables she can eat on her own Oh, I don't know if Incredibles are any better as food content <laughs> than Hot Pockets are. Oh, not even a
1: little bit. I think Robin's just talking about her own her own taste.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm hearing her say, "I had a hot pocket," and I'm just, my mouth is burning in sympathy and or disgust because it literally one of two ways: you burn the shit out of yourself, or it's frozen on the inside hate that for her
3: they didn't get the uh they didn't get the math
1: right on the temperature um so yeah i'm already still frustrated so she knows she's not gonna be able to uh, sleep anytime soon so she grabs her phone um plugs in her earbuds and goes up to the roof um she takes a seat right at the edge of the roof and lets her feet dangle over the side which like Mm-mm. no thank you please back up she can hear quentin and mama's voices telling her to come back where it's safer um uh-huh. as they should because that's terrifying but it feels good to not listen for once to be scared of something and do it anyway if i'm going back to the bureau this is good practice Oop. i just feel like this is a false equivalency <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I feel like the
2: recklessness that Robin talked about for Dylan has rubbed off until right now Ooh, where she's I mean, like she's you know what a little, a little reckless, bit but, oh my yes yes like, but I feel like geez. in this moment it's like she just had a she just came back from being reckless with Dylan she's like you know what let's just keep that energy going let's just keep
1: mm-hmm. it going Mm-mm. back up you could literally cross your legs mm-hmm. like just just back up a couple inches cross your, you're still on the edge you can still see everything light touches or whatever but like why exactly. I...
0: <laughs> why why are we um, risking lives
1: like for no Lights reason like the limbs so <laughs> um, but then so uh, Jaden shows up on the roof um, he says that his mom's new boyfriend doesn't like h- having him around so he comes up to the roof until they fall asleep which I'm then gonna- go
0: home mama's nah. new boyfriend go to your own place
1: If you don't know, like like come on I like, Jaden's yeah. sa- story just keeps getting sadder and
2: sadder every time mm-hmm. we hear from him. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, I just need someone else to look out for this kid outside of the boys that he hangs around with. And it's so sad that those are the people who are looking out for him the most, that he thinks are looking out for him the most, outside of Quentin, whenever Quentin was around. Yeah.
1: yeah, Because, like, nobody's letter is it, really... Yeah, nobody is watching or caring for
3: him. Like not he has nobody,
2: Dylan's problem, like, except for he doesn't have Dylan's yeah. privilege. Not, nobody,
0: not enough people and really no speaks, close enough, to, enough to, to change his circumstances. Right.
2: He has Dylan's problem without Dylan's exactly. privilege. Like, he doesn't have the safety mm-hmm. net of Dylan. He doesn't have the ability to just grab things and teleport to wherever he wants to go in the world that happens to be a lake house. Like, he doesn't have any of the privileges that Dylan can exhibit while mm-hmm. also being like on his devil may care if my parents don't care where I am. Like, he can't do right. that. Right. Um, so
1: he asks about amari is like i thought you were out doing fancy kid stuff um amari laughs and is like trust me there's nothing fancy about amari peters um and jaden's like yeah right you're practically a legend in the wood um people in the neighborhood love them some peters and not just your brother either you too we all think you're going to be president or something um amari says no they talk about me because of my brother there's a big difference i'm not good at everything like he is Um. So, again, just that, like, comparing herself to Quentin and being, like, the only person who expects her, or I guess, thinking that other people expect her to be like him as opposed to just, like, to be herself. Um, So, Jaden's like, so you didn't get all the school awards back in elementary school, and I guess they just give anybody a scholarship to those rich kids' schools, huh?
0: Um, Mm -hmm. tell her jaden
1: he said okay let's not we're not
0: gonna tell her about herself that That humility
2: that you're trying to play up like you're trying to act like you're real humble like you ain't got (laughs) nothing to uh, make you sound like you're special outside of your brother let's let's squash that real quick let's interrogate this let's think a
1: little deeper um and then he said it can be easy having (laughs) I don't like it. <laughs> he says, Can't be easy to have Quentin Peters as your brother. It's like being the second best basketball player in the whole world, but your brother is the best. You'd grow up losing all the time and thinking you suck, but everybody else, the people watching, we see you pulling off moves, we only wish we could. We able to see how great you are. Words of
0: affirmation. I <laughs> he said, I heard, I, Dylan, I heard Dylan was trying that quiet storm. Dylan was throwing some game, but let me show you what I'm working with. Okay? Dylan was playing on that
2: resilience. He's a strong black woman. Crap. F all of that. Let me see about who you <laughs> actually said, are. You,
0: you've been yeah. hanging out with a scrub. Get with a pro. Um, I can't.
1: <laughs> whew. So Amari opens her mouth, but is rightfully speechless. Like, what do you say to that? Um, but then Jaden's phone rings, his whole expression sours. He sighs as he gets to his feet. Um, I'm trying to get myself out of the wood, boys. I really am, he says. You and Quentin will still help me when I do, right? Amari nods, says definitely. Um, Jaden grins and nods too, then disappears down the stairwell. Um, the
2: man,
3: staying-
1: the mystery, the
2: enigma <laughs> of Jaden... <laughs> He shows up when you need him and then he disappears right before you get your words together. leaves you breathless. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: so, Jaden's words stay on the roof with, with me. I have always compared myself to Quentin. I never felt like I measured up. i rather was good at everything without even trying. Because that's his supernatural ability, I realize. Quentin has ge- super genius aptitude. Um, Daniel, uh, Director Van Helsing said it gives him the ability to learn anything with ease. So now she's suddenly like, "Oh, I've been comparing myself to my brother's supernatural ability. That's why I've been falling short." You, like, I I like the.
0: Sorry, go ahead. Recognition. I like that she finally,
1: has that realization of like, hold up, and I like even if and my thing is, is like, even if she hadn't been comparing herself to his supernatural abilities, like, it still is it necessary to compare herself? Period, because like people, you are different people. Um, and you shouldn't... There's no right way to life. Push yourself. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you shouldn't push, yeah. push yourself to be exactly the same and accomplish the exact same things as someone else. Um, but I do think that in this case, especially, like, for her in this moment and given everything else going on, I think that that was, like, the right thing to kind of jolt her out of it.
0: I, I was also thinking about, so, Quentin is 10 years older than her. We don't know when Quentin did his, like, amazing feat or whatever to get his... Like, so she gets invited, like, I think the first year she's eligible, right? That may not be true for Quentin, because he Mm -hmm. was a merit-based person, so he, like, did something, right? Well, she's
1: merit, too.
0: No, she's a legacy, but they were, like...
1: Oh, yeah, she's like right, because she got nominated. Yeah, but,
0: like, Laura's, like, you you legacy by one generation, that don't count. You you knew money. Mm -hmm. Not even one (laughs) generation. The same generation is just different. But, um... But like I was thinking about, she may not have never. She may never have known Quentin without his supernatural ability. Without his supernatural, true. That's super if, true. If but to be did, fair. If he did his whatever at twelve, let's say twelve, she was two years old when he mm-hmm. became supernatural. If sixteen, because we know that like by the time he's in like he's twenty two at this point, I think like she's mm-hmm. six.
1: And eighteen is the last eligibility. Yeah
0: so yeah 15 16 17 18 at the most she's eight years old and that is still you know what I mean But
1: he had been there definitely been there a little bit longer right too so like yeah
0: so she like literally has like not even she doesn't really know who Quentin is without his supernatural ability but
2: is Quentin someone else without his ability, though? Like, he was he was able to, like, show up on the right. like, radio and be part of the Bureau He was impressive,
0: right. Without... I don't think that, I mean, it's a matter of degrees, right? And I, and I don't think that at whatever age Amari was, like, I think maybe the, like, Mama Peters, she might think, like, oh, yeah, at, like, 18 or something, like, he really came into himself or, you know what I mean? Like, when you have that, like, that, like glow up thing where it's just like it's a little like you've always had that thing but then like something happens and like the light changes and like oh you get the haircut and the line up the shape up did something you know what I mean like you nothing fundamental change but there's always like that little like oh he learned how to you know wear his you know wardrobe or what he found his personal style like to Mama Peter that might be what his supernatural unlocking is but to Amari it would it because it's such a small like kind of shifty thing it probably wouldn't have registered to her as like a before and after. Cause at the most she's eight.
2: But also like, I feel like there's two things here. One is that um, Amari like holds Quentin up on a pedestal no matter what, because he's her older brother who looks out for her. And the most like poignant thing she can think of whenever she sees her picture of him and her together in his office is what he did for her on a very crappy year of birthday and Christmas. So it's not even about yeah. what she holds dear about him um, and is the most, uh, like, um, aspirational for is being like him in kindness, I think. And, like, like that kind of likeliness is where she's, like, the... Like, she does compare herself on the, all the aptitude and successful measures. But she's also, like, she treasures the most things about him that no one else could have with him in a relationship so i think that also colors how highly she regards him and she has like breaking it down this way does really help her kind of negate some of the things she's been like attributing to him like not that he doesn't deserve it but she just it makes her readjust how she's compared them um which goes to uh what bayana was saying um like the how like and i I was trying to figure out what the quote was and I looked it up the like comparison is the thief of mm-hmm. joy, and the more that she's gonna compare herself not only to Quentin but also to like uh Laura to everyone else she's gonna it's gonna keep taking her joy from her um and it's gonna wrap her of her joy to try to be like other people or like long for the same level of level of relationships that they have with other people for herself, like she better off um finding where she and I think this, the thing is that she doesn't know where she fits, so she's trying everything else on to see what might fit, and that's as we all do, especially at that age. Um, but I think there's it's so hard because she's at this age and she's being rejected, so she can't even actually try the things out that she needs to to like really find herself, um, in the way that like so many other kids have the opportunity to do. Um, and so I think that Quentin has always made that space for her where she could um he always made space for her to do what she needed to be like him um that was her safe space her safe person and now she's trying to navigate without that and it's like hard because like her yardstick has been Quentin because that was the safe person to measure against Mm
1: -hmm. um so amari's phone rings she looks at the screen thinking it's elsie um but the phone number is blocked out and the caller id just says surprise um she's confused thinks it's possibly dylan um since he has tech magic um she taps to answer and says hello at first there's nothing and then a robotic voice comes on the line enemies of magician kind you were warned what would happen if our demands weren't met and Now suffer the consequences the call ends um a message pops up on her screen it's a video shot from overhead um it's footage of massive creatures sprinting across someone's lawn uh and they're the hybrids. um They reach a mansion, and the monsters don't break stride, bursting through the front door, shattering the wall of windows. um Amari realizes that it's the Van Helsing Manor. The scene changes to another mansion, then another, all overrun by hybrids.
2: All mansions.
1: All mansions, and I think all Van Helsing properties. It's
0: confused.
1: All Van Helsing properties. It
0: looks like. It seems uh, like we'll it, probably, but we're not one hundred percent sure.
1: But it's yeah. Well, yeah. It's either all Van Helsing property or at least the de- de- Van Helsing's definitely got mm-hmm. that. Um, so um, Amari gets to her feet uh, and opens her ERG page um, and then messages Dylan. Is like, I just got a weird video showing your house being attacked. Are you okay? Um, and before she can get an answer, Elsie calls and is like, Oh my God, do you know if the Housings are okay. Um, and Am- that's when Amari realizes that Elsie got the video too, and so did her mom and co workers in the Department of Future Control. Um, she thinks that it went out to the entire bureau. All right, and that's the end of the chapter. Um, who is the real NDC? Jaden, the man
2: with the actual, like. History. um He knows, like, not only with Amari, like, history with Amari, but a, an understanding of, like, what Amari uh, might respond to, what she needs to hear in a moment. And he's not trying to manipulate her into hearing it. He's, what is, he doesn't get anything out of it, but making his friend feel better after she's tried to make him feel better about, like, being able to get out of something that's not good for him. Uh, so they're just looking out for each other. And that's what is friendship, but looking out for each other. And I love that Jaden is the voice of friendship. From her neighborhood. So she's never like like as isolated as she feels, she's never without someone uh in her going to bat for her, like in her field for her. Like there's always someone rooting for her. Um, whether she's at the bureau, she has Elsie, or she's back home and she has Jaden and her mom and everyone else. Yeah,
0: I mm-hmm. um I also made Jaden my MVP, but I um I feel like, you know, I'm gonna go real. CBT therapy on y'all but like there is this thing about like the narratives that you tell yourself and for me the reason why Jaden was MVP was like he actively challenged Amari's narrative with like proof right so did were you or were you not winning awards <laughs> were you, are you or were, are you not getting scholarships to these schools and like how much of that had oh. to do with Quentin right like they don't just give Little sisters' awards because they have somebody's little sister, right? And so, when you kind of like actively combat the narratives that you tell yourself with like facts, um, or with like someone else, it's like very difficult. You like, he kind of painted Amari into a corner to really challenge what she thought about herself, and like, once you do that, it's like difficult to like unsee it, right? Um, and I love that one because that's, like, what Amari can respond to well, but it's also something that, like, you can always go back to. Like, she's going to doubt herself again. She's going to, you know, compare herself to Quentin again. It's not like, oh, I flipped the switch and, like, I'll never struggle with my sense of self-worth again, but she'll always have, like, Jaden's voice in her head combating her own that she is not impressive. So...
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I agree with what both of y'all said. <laughs> Jaden's great.
0: Amari got some good friends. Like
2: there's some people in It's better to have one or two than a crowd of sycophants who will lay around you yeah, in and talk about <laughs> who, dumb
1: stuff.
2: Uh, you don't even recognize that you're not even having a slumber yeah. party.
0: That's how Orbit or you like the sun, is. right? So like, yeah, I, I think right. like it you know, I we always say, I talk about like I'd rather have one or two good friends than a bunch of friends one cuz I'm not social like that but it's also just like Amari as far as alone as she feels and isolated as she she is I'm not going to say that she's not isolated she also has like qual- she's able to make these quality relationships and that is a, also a testament to her um who
3: is benched?
1: Uh, Jaden's family. His mom and his and her boyfriend. Absolutely. Benched. They need to get out of here. I
0: agree with that. But I actually benched the bureau. And I'm sorry that um, it's not. One person. I mean, maybe, it, maybe it's director Van Helsing. I don't know. Whoever decided that Mama Peters cannot know about the supernatural world when her son is missing and her daughter is adolescent daughter is like wrapped up in this and getting hate crimed at camp. Um, Their bench. Cause I just feel like in this moment, I mean, I in all moments want her to be aware of what's going on, but like in this moment in particular, it just felt so cruel that she does not have this information. You ain't got to tell her everything, Mm -hmm. but like,
3: you know, she can know that.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, for Jaden's family in particular, again, neglected children are always going to have I'm always going to be in their corner. Um, And there's no reason why that little boy should be on the roof and then going out with some older boys because the boyfriend is an a-hole enough to be like, oh, I don't want him to be around. Excuse me? Like it sounds like you're trying to create a space like where you are going to do something to like, yeah. Like to whoever else is in that house and you don't want him around to interfere with whatever you have planned. And uh, also whatever the mother is going through, where she's allowing that to be the environment that her child is in. Like I, she's a victim of whatever, what, you know, the several things that could be happening there. Then I don't want to be blaming the victim, but I also don't know that that's the case. Like, I don't know what the actual case is here, but it is very, like, upsetting. And the fact that Jaden is such a great person, um, inspired by all the rough stuff that he's, you know, like, he's had to go through all this stuff and he still sees the good in people despite all the bad that he could really see if he wanted to, if he wants to become that person and be like nihilistic and stuff. And I just love that that's who he chose to be. And he also has chosen to be like cool with the Peters who um, also see the best in people. Um, And I think, you know, that's another Mark and Quentin's corner corner as well for, you know, how inspirational he's been. And I also benched, sidebar, I also uh, benched the police detective because how dare you? (laughs)
0: Thank you for listening. We will be back next week for chapter 23. Um, also, we have a question for you. If you were a magician and an interior and you could spin allusions to interior design in your spare lake house, what would you do? What would it look like? Give us some swabs. Sh- share, share your Pinterest board. Let us know.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Uh, wizard team is brought to you by black nerds create if you want to keep up with our other content you can check out our website at Blacknerdscreate.com, follow us on twitter at blk nerds create at yana wrote at robin underscore rambles and at Poor Shia. Um, and you can follow us on instagram and tumblr at black nerds create at black nerds create um, subscribe to our monthly magic newsletter and don't forget to rate and review us until next time
0: so long, so long. Farewell. Auf sing Goodbye. To you, my
3: friend. Um, no. Two different songs. <laughs>